the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a radio program, as you know by now, dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions, uh, what you believe as a Christian, why we believe it, uh, whatever's on your heart and mind. Today is the day. Paula is live in studio with me. So, ladies, this is a day that we set aside especially for you. Uh, we'll take all the phone calls and all the questions, uh, but we are here and ready. Um, did I get the phone numbers? I don't know. I don't think I did. Here's the phone numbers. 210. We're not in San Antonio, so I'm a little bit disjointed here. 210-380. I'm sorry, 340-9585. <laughs> That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local area, you can call us toll-free at one eight seven seven six three zero 630 kslr Numerically, it's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can send them in with our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car in San Antonio, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. One button, call now, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer, one more time, since I messed it up, for our main number, 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the program today. Thank you. Our, our date is in Plano, Texas. It is, and, and we're going to apologize to the radio listening audience right now. Uh, we did not have a single one of our kids pray for us before this show began, uh, that there would be no bugs and that... Pastor Ron would do well, and Mama Paula wouldn't mess up. So, with all of that said, just get ready. <laughs> I, I think they're probably they're, they're probably praying for us because that's what they do at four o'clock or just before four o'clock. With anyway, or without us there? Yeah, we're just not there. Oh, praise the Lord! Thank you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> we have been rushing like crazy to get here. The, the The flight was a little later than we normally take to get up here. Um, trying to get through airports and get home from airports. Uh, get to a hotel and get checked in, get something to eat. Uh, all of that uh, time really flies when you're doing that. And I think all of us who are here, we thought we had more time than we really did. Uh, we are here, I think I may have mentioned this, for our Texas Oklahoma Pastors Conference um, that uh, occurs this time of year uh, here in Plano. We have another one uh, in the fall of the year uh, in Houston. And um, uh, tomorrow, I may or may not have somebody on from one of the other uh, churches as the Lord leads. But uh, today you got us. Yeah. And Paula, you're ready. It's your show. Okie dokie. What's on your heart? Well, I was just kind of thinking, um, you know, the last few studies, in fact, quite a few studies have been, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Um, and yet the numbers of people who came to the altar this past Sunday indicated that a whole lot of people worry. Um, and we all probably worry about something. And yet the best thing 
that we can do for our worry is to look to Jesus first, of course, and then to be about the business of caring for others. And Jesus in Romans 12, verse 11 and 12, we'll just start with 11 first. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And, you know, if we will do that, it will keep us from focusing on ourselves or those things that we worry about. If we will um, not be lacking in our zeal for serving the Lord, um, we'll be much better off. And then the how-to is verse 12. Be joyful in hope. And we can stop there, and, and we'll let you expound on that, Pastor Ron. Go ahead. You, call, you called. Well, let me go back Let me go back to the 11th verse, Paul. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to be talking um, about this in, in, in some connection on Sunday uh, at church. Okay. Because Jesus is going to tell... Um, the, the the parable of um, of the the person who wasn't ready, the servant who wasn't ready for his master's return, and I think our zeal depends on us being connected to Jesus. And I don't just mean, yeah, I'm saved, mm-hmm. that that kind of connection, mm-hmm. but I mean literally being with him mm-hmm. physically. For us, uh, Jesus isn't there in a physical presence, of course, but when we're with Jesus, we can't lack in zeal. Because it's his zeal, the, the zeal of the Lord, the prophets that will accomplish these things. And um, um, zealous, being zealous is something that I think we need to focus on. And frankly, we have all kinds of problems. You mentioned worry at the beginning of the show. Um, it's hard to be zealous for your work for the Lord when, in fact, you're worried about a million other things that are going around. Mm-hmm. Fear is another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, discouragement or depression there's all kinds of reasons that we can find to, to focus on what's troubling us instead of focusing on the one who will keep us safe in the middle of that trouble. And then when you're with Jesus, it's just one of those things where your zeal never wanes. One of the things you know I pray all the time is, is I want to finish better than I started. Mm-hmm. And so many Christians you know when we first get saved, we're so grateful, we're so filled with joy. Uh, I'm the worst singer in the world. And when I got saved, I was making up songs. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't born in church, so I, I didn't know uh, uh, hymns. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what worship songs were. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to church, I'd hear songs with catchy tunes, and I'd have to make <laughs> up my own words. And, and, you know, the thing is that zeal that we have as brand new believers ought only to grow the more you know about Jesus, mm-hmm. the closer you are to him, mm-hmm. the more zealous we're going to be. And uh, I think, Paul, one of the problems that we have is we sort of get into this religious or spiritual rut where we go through the motions, we say the right things, we Christians even have our own language. It's very confusing to the world. Um, but, but we can say the right things, but we're saying it from a heart that's just lacking the passion mm-hmm. that we once had. Mm-hmm. So to never be lacking in zeal ought to be the easiest thing of all. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the problem is that um, we get waylaid by the circumstances of life. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that to be the case because, um, you know, as I went to the altar on Sunday for the same reason, um, that definitely could happen, you know, where... One too many of the people that I know and love get a bad report or one too, you know, physically, um, one too many of of people that I know their kids have gone the wrong way or one, just one more who's now confused about who they were born to be. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, trying to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Um, for me, it, it it got to a place of a little bit wait a minute, I, I, I can't catch my breath trying to take every thought captive and I could feel that being weighed down. And so as I went to the altar, and I was praising the Lord that I had because last night you said in the study at the end that um, you were surprised that not more people came um, and that the Lord, no, that the Lord had was indicating to you that there were many more who should have come forward but didn't. You know, and and how pride can keep you from going. 
I was so glad I had I didn't let my pride keep me from going. <laughs> I'd have been I'd have been worried about. Oh man, convicted all over. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but to, to stay, you know, okay, Lord, today those things are the way they are. Um, I on Monday night I was praising the Lord because not only do I I don't feel like I have to go to church on Sunday for the three services. I don't feel like I have to go on the Monday nights, especially when I'm not teaching. I don't feel like I have to go on Wednesday or Friday or Saturday morning for prayer and Saturday afternoon for pastor's disciples of class. It's one of those, praise the Lord, I get to. Because even in the getting to and being there, I am encouraged, one, through conviction, instruction, um, and then being able to look at others and say, wow, you know, Jesus loves them, and I get to be used to encourage them. So that never be lacking in zeal, but keep my spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You, you know, I, I know you pretty well, and uh, I know the things, the devil, the buttons he pushes with you. And um, but, but our life is so immersed in our work, uh, and that doesn't make us um, too zealous. It just means we understand what I talked about on last Sunday's message was that the purpose of our life is to please the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when you're f- only when you're fulfilling that purpose is your life going to be filled with that kind of zeal and that kind of passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think too many of us, we try to compartmentalize our church life, our church service, our fellowship with Christians, and then maybe work, and then maybe our families, and then maybe just the friends and the fun things that we want to do. I'll never forget the guy who came up one time and said, I can't find anybody to fellowship with. And I said, in this church? Mm-hmm. You can't find anybody to fellowship with. I said, we got hundreds of people. In fact, I know you've been with some of them mm-hmm. at their homes. Yeah, but all I want to do is talk about Jesus. <laughs> and I said, well, what kind of fellowship do you want? He goes, let's play games or do something. Why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. And I thought, is there anything more natural for Christians to do when they're gathered together than talk about Jesus? Mm-hmm. And we can still have fun. We, yeah. I mean, Jesus is fun. Just, I, I sometimes I think, he called me. <laughs> so he's fun. Yeah. I, I, I don't want my life to be without him in it yeah. ever again. Paula, can I take this opportunity to kind of seize on something you said? Uh, because I think it's an important subject to talk about. Um, um, Kids that are growing up in the church, mm-hmm. um, you said that we have more and more of them mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, like Victoria has been here since she was 18 months old, and now she's grown up, graduated from our school, uh, gone away to college. Uh, now she's serving, you know, she's working. Uh, and all we're waiting for, now she's married, of course, and we're waiting for that next station in life that she becomes a mom. Yeah. Yeah, that, that wasn't where I was going. Oh, I'm sorry. At, at all. I just love but, her, and that's but, where I was going. Yeah. What you mentioned, though, um, uh, um, um, kids experimenting with their sexuality. Oh, yeah. Um, um, kids thinking they're, they're born in the wrong bodies. And, um, you know, as a church, we've got to be ready for that. Mm. And there's nothing more painful for a, a, a born-again believer's life than to have a, a child come and say, I think I'm gay. And we... We have a bunch of people with unsaved kids uh, in our church, grown kids, who have cut their parents off because their parents won't accept them. Um, they, they've, uh, they, they, they demand that they be accepted and affirmed. And, um, you, you know, as kids grow up in this world of technology, as they're, they're able to access all kinds of information, um, if we don't have zeal in our lives moms and dads if we don't have zeal in our lives our kids are going to explore worldly things and the minute they go out into the world whether it's university or whether it's a job um, if, if, if the Jesus that they have seen in your home isn't the Jesus that's exciting it's not a Jesus who's been satisfying um, they're going to look for that satisfaction in other places and we've got to understand that being zealous for Jesus is a large part of our responsibility. Not hype, not just go to church and, and shout hallelujah, amen, but I'm talking about every single day. Mm-hmm. And um, if 
we don't do that and then our kids break our heart well that's just one more one more of the the things that we have to worry about and the devil uses that to try Man, to choke out our, our joy mm-hmm. and you know what we're we're naturally rebellious um and so <laughs> you want to say that yeah, we just got. Sorry, a, I'm chuckling because we just got a message. <laughs> we just got a text from Melody. She's sort of like the captain of the the, the four o'clock prayer group. Uh-huh. Um, she says Melody just texted us to say that they did pray for you in the show, bugs and all. Oh, so see, <laughs> yeah. so sorry, I uh, discounted us being there. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, that's Melody. what I'm talking about, you know. Tell the, all the, the kids thank you. Yeah, they're never lacking in zeal. They're that's keeping right. their spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, and they are joyful in hope. And so thank you all very, very much. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're blessed. Yeah. Hey, 340 340-9585 for your live calls and questions or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. If you have questions for Paula or a Bible question or anything else, we'd be happy to take it. I broke in, so go ahead. Um, I don't remember where I was. but Oh, no, we're naturally rebellious. And so, you know, when there's a rule, just like when you and I grew up, you know, those people had that do not step on my grass sign. And, of course, that's the one thing we're going to do, just like with Eve in the garden. The Lord says, do not eat from this tree. And, of course, that's the one she wanted to go to. Well, we're all like that. We're all just naturally rebellious. So you tell kids now, well, not just kids, anybody, tell you the <laughs> truth, because these kids are watching more popular adults, you know, saying they're coming out of the closet this and coming out of the closet that, and they're getting applauded. And, and so it's like, I want that kind of attention, too. And so people are just doing what they, what they see and really kind of what they want to do. In the first place. So. What's right in the eyes of the world. And yeah. that's a good plug for your judges studies on Monday nights for it's, the ladies. That You know, judges is is a fun study, but it's a hard study because like Isaiah, there's a lot of judgment that people um, would just do what they wanted to do. And of course, they get in a lot of trouble. And, it, you know, sometimes I'm thinking 20 years of being cruelly oppressed before they cried out to the Lord. I mean, 20 years? Come on. In some cases, you're going to find it's 40 and 80 years of being oppressed. Entire generations who were under Philistine dominion, Mm -hmm. um, the Moabites uh, in another case, and the Ammonites in another case, uh, the Midianites. There was a billion Midianites who were coming to get them. The the problem, of course, is that we never think it's going to happen to us. And that's the history of Israel. It's the history of of, uh, the church. and again, this is tied to your verse today in Romans twelve eleven. Mm-hmm. Never be lacking in zeal. The moment we we lose our passion for being with Jesus, um, the 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 focus becomes on the things around us, and that's when the enemy has us in his yes, crosshairs. Yes, yes, yes. And so, getting you know my word again, reboot. <laughs> you know, uh, unplugging from all those things that cause us to worry. Um, and and that worry uh, is really basically saying, you know, Jesus, um, you're taking up just a little bit too long to to come back for one thing, and taking a little bit too long to answer the prayer of my heart, and so um, I'm going to worry about this because evidently you're you're kind of not on once the you, throne today. Once you read the question, <laughs> just got called in. Yes. Called in from Mary from San Antonio. She says, the Bible says to take every thought captive. How do you do that? Tell her. Oh, oh. (laughs) Usually I'm just, you know, you're the the answer man. But for me, um, it's it's a practice that sometimes I'm not the greatest at, especially when the thoughts come too quickly. Uh, But knowing my word, I... I just have to say, you know what? Mm, let me think on whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Um, taking that thought, every thought captive as it comes, let me try to think of a thought. Um, Jesus isn't going to take me to heaven. Well, I know he is, so I can I can take that thought captive pretty easily because I'm a born-again Christian. He's faithful. I know when this life is over, 
you know, unless he comes back first, which is my preferred way to get to heaven, um, the rapture. Um, I know I'm going to be with him forever. Um, the other is, uh, another one is, oh, man, you've blown it so bad. How, what kind of Christian are you? Well, I'm a sinful Christian, but praise God that he died for all my sins, past, present, and future. Uh, that's just a couple of, of ways. But, yeah, sometimes my sometimes when my health is kind of questioned, that's probably where my biggest struggle is. Uh, for me, you know, the enemy in my nightmares, he's always telling me if I get a headache, brain cancer. If I have a, a little bit of a stomach ache, you know, stomach cancer, colon cancer. I mean, it's always cancer. Uh, and so I have to say, kind of like what my husband says to me all the time, Paula, don't worry about anything until you have something to worry about. Well, I can worry with the best of them. Um, but, yeah, that remembering whatever is true, because God tells me that he's not going to give me more than I can bear. And so that's just a few things that I, how I do. Yeah, Mary, you know, uh, Paul is instructed that Paul wrote that letter to a very carnal church. And that's his instruction. You know, the temptations are going to come. Um, uh, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. Uh, and God is faithful. So, Mary, remember that. You're not the faithful one. I'm not the faithful one. God is faithful. So I think the first thing in terms of how to take the thoughts captive is to identify the source of the thought. So if a temptation comes in and you know it's sinful or if it's something scary or something ugly, you know that the source of that thought is the enemy. He's always planning those thoughts. He's trying to use those evil thoughts to trip us up in our walk. So once you identify the source of that thought, then you can say, oh, well, that's from the enemy. I don't want to listen to him. And then you simply say, Jesus, I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I'm not going to listen to lies, and the devil is a liar. So, Lord, I want to take that thought and throw it away, give it to you, and then I'm going to be obedient to you and let your spirit replace those thoughts with thoughts from heaven. Now, there's another very practical way to do this, Mary. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to read it, and I really want you to think about this. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, that's not really what it says. It says, Finally, brothers. Uh, we got the, the, the 2011 version of the NIV up there, I think. Um, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then the next verse says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, that's Paul writing to the church at Corinth, or, or the church in Philippi, I mean, uh, whatever you've learned or heard or seen from me, um, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So I think, Mary, what we have to do is understand that there's always this sort of a punching bag war that's going on in our in our brains. The enemy planting ugly thoughts, um, so we, we just replace those thoughts. You, you want a, a good doctrine of replacement theology? And everybody knows replacement theology is heretical, but this is good replacement theology. Replace the ugly thoughts with the pure thoughts of God. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 tell us how to do that. Mary, thanks for listening. Thank you for calling in. Let's go to line one and talk with Harold in San Antonio. Harold, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron. It's been a few months since I've called, I guess, and I had a I had a question for Paula, and she kind of answered part of it, but I was going to, you know, we've both been married, you know, y'all two and us two, me and Dan, almost the same amount of time, 45, okay. six years, and uh, so I was going to ask Paula, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I'm not going to ask her, you know, just uh, on the humor side. Um, <laughs> we had a uh, you know what? It seems like in, in in a conversation, I'm trying to say, everything seems to be okay. But this, this when I start doing like a text or something like that, it, I know what I'm saying, but it doesn't come out the way I mean it. And I think when you said, you know, the way you worry about things, you mentioned cancer, this and that, or you take things to the extreme. And, and I think my wife is a little bit like that, maybe. And she kind of goes a little bit... Uh, 
to the extreme. She'll read something, and it's not it's not as bad as it seems, or whatever. But anyway, I just wanted to share that for some reason. Um, Thank you, Harold. Paul, Paul will address that. Mm-hmm. Where are we in time? Two minutes? A little under mm-hmm. two minutes, Paul? And we'll maybe yeah. pick this up on the other side, too. You, you started off with saying, what are you doing wrong? So I don't get that. But uh, maybe you're a little more logical and, and a little less emotional than your wife, which is how it is in our house. <laughs> and, uh, and to come at her maybe, you know, saying, that doesn't make any sense or... Um, you know, maybe because you're more logical, maybe a little less understanding. Um, you know, those feelings, sometimes those feelings and fears are, are real. Um, but maybe Ron says it this way. You know, feelings are real, but some are appropriate, some are inappropriate. And so just maybe ask her to pray about that. But I, I would not make it a belittling sort of thing that might be what's going on Harold uh, keep listening because on the other side of the break we'll we'll pick up on this again Mm -hmm. you're listening to the date day edition of the word to stand on for life I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh live in studio with my wife Paula 340-9585 for your live calls and questions we'll be back in two minutes Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the Date Day Show, 340-9585 for your live calls or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Harold, I want to add just a, a couple of things. Um, you know, the, the real key to communication is trust. Um, and and uh, it's a sad thing to say, but people that have been married a long, long time, that doesn't necessarily qualify them to trust one another. And so let me suggest a way to really get her to trust you, to open her heart, and the reverse is true as well. And And I'm a broken record, Paula. We've talked about this over and over on the program. Husbands and wives need to be in the Word of God together. That's where God supernaturally knits our hearts together. And you know, when the, when the husband reads uh, on his own and the wife reads on her own, uh, that's great and it's really important. However, remember in the marriage community, two become one. We have our individual walk with God. We, we're going to stand before God accountable for that. But we also have to understand that as husband and wife, we're going to stand before God as one. And until she really trusts you, and if your wife deals with things that make her afraid, you talk about physical issues, and and Paula spoke about that a little while ago. Uh, When you say to her, um, sweetheart, don't worry about things that haven't happened yet. That's an attack from the enemy. She's got to be able to trust you. That trust is going to be built up. Otherwise, it comes off like we're lecturing our wives. And sometimes just the reverse is true. So what we have to understand, Harold, is that we have to invest in in the relationship before there's going to be trust. Trust just doesn't happen because of longevity. In fact, sometimes longevity is the enemy of trust. But but the way that happens is in the Word of God. Thank you for your call, Harold. It's good to hear from you again. Let's go to Buda, Texas now and talk with Frank on line one. Frank, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Thanks for taking my call. Hi. Hi. Um, I wanted to ask you a question. The question is, what is the sin that cannot be forgiven, and how do I know if I have committed it? And I'll hang up and listen to your uh, response. Thank you, Frank. Please listen carefully, because this is one of the devil's busiest lies. Uh, Every Christian, Paul, at one time or another, has been told by the devil that they've committed the unpardonable sin. Mm Mm-hmm. The unpardonable sin, and there's only one, is referred to as blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And in order to commit that sin, it means that we have to reject the Holy Spirit's work unto the time of our death. 
Every day is a new day. Every day is a new start. Every day, forgiveness and restoration is available. But if somebody rejects the work of the Holy Spirit, now remember his work, Frank, it's to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. So if you reject his witness of your sin, and further you reject his call to righteousness, which is only available through Jesus Christ, and if you then realize, well, I'm going to face judgment, but I don't care, and you die in that condition, Frank, that's what the unpardonable sin is. Nothing else is. So I can tell you without hesitation, you have not committed it. Even the fact that you're worried about it and that you called indicates that the Holy Spirit is at work in your heart. And so here's the thing. If there's unconfessed sin or if there's willful sin in your life, repent. And know First John 1, 9 applies to you if you confess your sins. He, God, is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. So, Frank, you haven't committed it. And the enemy wants us to, 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 to believe that we have, believe that there's no hope. And the minute we start embracing that idea, then he's going to pounce and he's going to try to destroy because that's his job. He is a liar. He is a destroyer. He is a murderer. And he wants to destroy your relationship with God, the, the, the easiest way to do it is for you to start believing his lies that you're condemned. So, Frank, you haven't committed it. And as a pastor over the almost 24 years that we've been doing this, probably it'll be 24 years next month. Wow. A lot of time goes. Yes. So uh, Yeah. Um, uh, I've had so many people come say, I know I committed it. And, and that's always the devil, Frank. So right now, all you have to do is turn to Jesus and say, I'm so sorry for whatever it is I've done. I told you I wouldn't do it. I promised you, but I broke my promise and I did it. But I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And it's a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So Frank, thanks for calling from Buda. And believe me, Jesus' arms are wide open and you're, you're not guilty of that sin. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking, because of course, again, my word is reboot, Pastor Ron. So everything I hear keeps reminding me of that scenario but it's really acts three nineteen twenty. you know where you repent and return to jesus so that times of refreshing may come upon you and um as as frank was talking i'm just wondering if this was is our frank who sits in the front row with his little mini me you know and he looks just like him um we all kind of make a mess at our church in in san antonio um we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I'm thinking of, of King David. You know, he had to reboot as well. He did a lot of things that um, he was very regretful of, and yet he could say, and I pray that this will be your declaration, um, he was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. He knew Jesus loved him in spite of the many sins that he committed. And he, he committed some biggies. And I'm not that I'm glad he committed some biggies, but I'm glad he committed them so we can see how big God is. And I, my favorite characteristic of the Lord was forgiveness. And then a few weeks ago I said, now I changed it to love. Well, he loves me, I know that, but it's back to forgiveness. I'm so <laughs> thankful that he forgives us over and over again. And, and just serious, like Pastor Ron said, just the tone of your voice, you can hear that kind of that angst in your heart as you ask that question to know that, no, you have not committed the unpardonable sin. Yeah, Frank, read um, uh, in some quiet time tonight, read Psalm 51. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, who committed far worse sins than you or I have committed. Um, David, in, in what is uh, an Old Testament prayer, uh, but it's a very New Testament concept, Uh, David, when he finally dealt with his sin, against thee and thee only have I sinned, O God. Now, we could say he sinned against Bathsheba. Certainly, we could say he sinned against Uriah. Mm -hmm. Uh, He sinned against the people that he led. His own children. uh, Because he misrepresented his own children. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, But he understood that sin is against God and God alone. And then he got to the place where he could say, Restore in me a right spirit and renew within me that joyful heart. 
And he ended up praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 51 is the single greatest demonstration of both God's willingness to forgive and the way to access that forgiveness. Um, simply um, coming before the Lord, being honest, and, and then saying, okay, Lord, now I'm back with you. Mm-hmm. Restore unto me the joy mm-hmm. of my salvation. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. What we're talking about today, be joyful in hope. You have to know how much Jesus loves you. Um, and, and no matter what you've done, be joyful in hope that he has not forgotten you. Uh, uh, and I've been singing this song, and it says, And grace knows your name, Frank. And then to be patient in affliction, if if you're the one who caused this separation feeling, um, as Pastor Ron said, just repent, and you're right back in right standing with the Lord. Yeah, we got consequences. Boy, do I know that. Um, but be patient in the affliction. Uh, a few years ago, the Lord told me to about himself, be patient with me. Well, be patient with him. Yeah, be patient with me in the work that I'm doing in your heart, Paula. And then for you and me, Frank, let's be faithful in prayer, faithfully thanking the Lord every day that um, we get second, third, 1,000 chance. After the phone call, Paula, we'll, we'll go a little bit even deeper in that. Frank, thanks for calling. Please keep holding on. Let's go to San Antonio now on line one. An anonymous caller, you're on the air. Thank you for calling. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ron. And I wanted to have a question for Paula. I just admire you all so much. Like, like I know you all already. I'd like to have the marriage that you all have. And I just pray that God bless you. you all continue to bless you. But I had thank called you. a thank while you. back about, about my, my wife that decided to leave for the third time. I call. I know I talked to Pastor Ron, but I like what Paula has to say about that. And uh, I told you that she had left because I corrected her daughter. There was nothing really major, and she used some foul language at me. And, and her mother took her side, and uh, she decided she was just going to leave. And it was nothing really that you know besides you know that she used some foul language because I just corrected it the right way, and she decided to go. And I just wanted to ask Paula, what did she think about? How long does really, I've been seeking out the Lord and praying and he's showing me seven things, but just, uh, how long do I have to sit and, and wait? That's what gets me. I mean, I just, I have humbled myself. I've apologized to her. I told her I, I love her and I'd, I'd go to counseling with her, whatever it took to get our marriage back together, but she wants nothing to do with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, another. L- listen on the line. We'll, we'll deal with it. Let me say one thing, Paul, before you get started. Um, um, this is what happens, especially in blended marriages, mm-hmm. when Christians or professing Christians don't sit down with their pastors and go through pre-marriage counseling and, and deal with these issues before. What happened here, Paula, is uh, we've got a wife who married a man, supposedly becoming one with him, but she wants to keep her stuff, in this particular case, mm-hmm. her daughter, out from under. Yeah, a, a woman has no business marrying a man that she can't trust to be the head of the family. Mm-hmm. And and that's it's it's always 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 pain. Yeah. So once yeah. you deal I've been, with it, I've been listening. I've been hearing this, this his life as it's being unfold, and you know in Romans, not Romans, First Corinthians seven, it says if the unbeliever leaves, and I know we don't want to hear that, um, but if the unbeliever leaves, let them do so. And you've tried everything that you can, and um, if the Lord has told you, okay, you're separated but not divorce, then you wait. Um, but it, it sounds like she's an unbelieving woman, and in that case, you're not bound. Um, I know you still love her, and that's awesome. You have the heart of the Lord for her, um, and yet you cannot force her to love you back and or to come back. And so how long do you wait? I would just pray and ask the Lord. I, I think sooner than later, you'll probably get an answer that she's moving on permanently um but it sounds like you're free to do whatever you want to if yeah. i'm wrong pastor ron will correct me no you're not wrong and in fact uh, i think you already have your answer um anonymous i think this is one of the things where um, the bible speaks so clearly to this issue if the unbeliever leaves let him do so god's called us to live in peace and uh again maybe she is a professing believer but what we do speaks far louder than what we say the fact that I went to church, the fact that I've been baptized or I answered an altar call, none of that matters if somebody's behaving like an unbeliever. 
And this is somebody who has deserted the, the, the marriage, um, violating the marriage vows. And in that particular case, um, um, Anonymous, you are completely free to um, move on with your life. Um, I, I would tell her, I know your heart is still for her, but I would tell her that this is what I'm going to do. She made the decision to leave. Uh, I'm going to initiate divorce proceedings unless you tell me that there's a hope for a marriage. Mm -hmm. and, and you're extending the olive branch. You're saying, I still want to be married. I still love you. Um, but I, I'm not going to live in this limbo state. So um, uh, Anonymous, we'll be praying for you. My hope in prayer is that you'll enjoy the freedom that God has for you. You know, Paula, there's so much guilt about divorce. You know, we've told our story so many times. 13 years you prayed for me. Mm -hmm. And there's people who are in situations where they, they have biblical freedom to divorce mm -hmm. and they don't do it. Well, Paula stayed and look yeah. what happened. Yeah. Uh, every situation is different. You stayed because God asked you because God knew what the end result was going to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and you weren't out fooling around and you hadn't left me three times. Um, you were still coming home. And in that, in my situation, it was like, why does he keep coming home? But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, the Lord said to, to hang in there and he had a plan. But um, you weren't a believer, and I knew that. In 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 his case, um, professing Christians, and then they're acting, or she's acting like an unbeliever. But this is a this is kind of a, a call out, a warning to everybody. Um, you know, as Pastor Ron was saying, get the counseling, and not just a one time thing. Get some real deep counseling. Get into the you know what happens ifs. Uh, what do I do when this comes up? Or if, you know, if my child says, you're not my dad, well, I'm supposed to be. Yeah, and, and I can promise you this is an issue that would have come out in pre-marriage counseling. Absolutely. God always brings them out. Sure. And in fact, we have in many occasions, uh, Paul, in our pre-marriage counseling, uh, with blended families, we've had the kids in Bring those kids in, sure. Um, and and uh, typically I'll sit with the kids alone. And talk to them about what God's doing and what's happening. Mm -hmm. And let them know what it means practically for them. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, um, then we can bring the family back together. And, and we can say, okay, here's the discussion we've had. Everybody understands and get out any questions that are in the air. Mm -hmm. but, but a woman has no business marrying a man that she can't trust her children with. Sure. Period. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of guilt, there's a lot of guilt in uh, <clears throat> new marriages bringing children in. Um, especially if the kids have already been in a, an abusive situation and maybe a man might raise his voice or vice versa. A woman might raise her voice at his children and it's like, hey, we're not having that. And then they have that. And so in marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling, all that stuff would come out if they just be open and honest and, mm -hmm. and, and deal with that kind of stuff. So Anonymous, so, you are free. Yep, yep, you're free. Your show, Paula. Yes, and I'm having a really good time. You know what I want to tell pretty much everybody? Be sure to share your testimony, to know that you're saved, but be sure to share your testimony because as you share your testimony, then you are the one who is encouraged to know what we all have in Christ. So I wanted to be sure to say that before we go off the air. But as we're never lacking in zeal, keeping our spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Today at the airport, as we were waiting to get on our plane, there was a husband and wife that came off the plane, and I just, my heart broke. Oh, wasn't it terrible? I didn't, heart, know, I didn't know you were nervous. My heart broke. Yeah. The, the man walked out holding his wife's bag and stuff, and, and you know, she was obviously the ill one um, waiting for uh, a wheelchair. And in the meantime, she just berated him. Whatever his name was, I think it was George or something, Get out the way. You're in the way. Just move on. Just go on. And she was very not nice at all. And then the the attendant came and, and put her in the wheelchair. Um, man, I don't want to be like that, the Lord tells us. And, you know, she's probably not a Christian, but what an ugly picture it painted. And so, you know, even though when we get sick and stuff, the Lord says, be joyful and hope patient in affliction it's it's not fair just because we may not be feeling well 
to um, be ugly to the ones mm. we're called to love. Well, I think the word patient in King James is long-suffering, yeah. which means suffer for a long time. Yeah. And, and that's in those moments where you really, really have to be close to the Lord. The only way we can be patient with, with the, the, the suffering in our life, whatever the source of that suffering is, the only way we can be patient with it is, is to be with Jesus yeah. and let his presence overwhelm You saw that the too? Pain. Oh, oh yeah. In fact, I, it I was so obvious. It was yeah. loud and there was a whole lot of people yeah. there. It was, and he just beautifully moved on, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was just not a good picture at all. But then to be faithful in prayer. And, and you know, I'm, I'm much more comfortable now with prayer. Before it used to be, I had to pray in the closet for a couple of hours you know, before I came out. <laughs> but now it's, I can just pray as I go. So even that couple is like, Lord, touch their hearts. You know, and, and, you know, just maybe she could get to a place where she would realize how painful that was for him. And she would say she was sorry. And so, yeah. So be faithful in prayer. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, that though this day is not going the way I want it to, thank you that this too shall pass. Your grace is really sufficient in, in my time of need. And she had a time of need right then and there because you could tell she was uncomfortable and maybe had to walk a little bit waiting for that wheelchair when maybe she felt like, hey, I'm the sick one. You guys should be pandering to me. You know, and it's yeah. just, but be faithful. In yeah, prayer. that couple had a lot of practice in yeah. affliction, I think, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul here, we're talking about keeping your zeal, your passion for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, being faithful in prayer, um, and I know I sound like a broken record, but but that's just be with Jesus. Yeah. Because if you're talking to him, you're with Jesus. Uh-huh. He's the source of your passion. Mm-hmm. He's the source of your zeal. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the best way to, to make sure that we stay passionate is to talk to Jesus. Yeah. And, and our zeal won't be lacking because he's always at work doing his Father's will. He's just now doing it in us. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, and, and he's the source of our fervor, our, our zeal. Yeah. The no other day, way. babe, the other day I was cracking up because I went out to lunch with one of the ladies from the church. And so we're... I'm, I'm parking my car, and I'm going to meet her there. Well, as I get out of the car, there's a couple in front of me, and she has canes on both hands, and her husband runs around to get her. And as she gets out of the car, he fixes the back of her hair because she's leaned up against the headrest. And so he's fixing her hair, and I just thought, that happens in my family all <laughs> the time. And so as I go into the restaurant, I had to get them. I said, that is true love right there, right, to the lady. He's so concerned how you look that he's going to make sure you look your best. So he's, he's fluffing your hair. She goes, all the time. <laughs> 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 but I just thought, I forgot to tell you that. But, yeah, just that was the Lord leading me to go and encourage them. And she had a smile on her face, but you could tell she wasn't feeling really good either but he was being sweet and taking her out um but the lady that i was meeting i hardly know and she just couldn't believe that i would go up to total strangers i said you know what the lord has because i have a different personality not everybody (laughs) can can, you know can go but um because i have this different personality i couldn't not tell them you know Mm -hmm. um I, i needed to encourage them and um you could tell it made a difference in their life. Yeah, let me take issue with that, what you just said, though, for just a minute. You said not everybody, not everybody has your personality, that's for sure. Oh, for sure, please. But, but you said because of that, not everybody can go. But that's not true. Everybody can go. When you see somebody hurting or when you see an opportunity, and the very next thing in Romans 12 says share with the Lord's people who are in need, mm-hmm. practice hospitality, mm-hmm. that's a command. And so when you go into a restaurant and you see a stranger there and there's pain or the Lord is kind of pricking your heart to go talk to him, you got to do that. Mm-hmm. And when you're busy with the work of ministry, when you're sharing mm-hmm. uh, our Jesus with people who need him, uh, believe me, you will be zealous. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, an excuse to say, well, it's just not my personality. Well, God is always trying to get us to step outside of ourselves. Yes, yeah, sir. He's always trying to stretch us. So it's not one of those things where it says if you feel like it or if your personality works, yeah, okay. you can do it. All right, y'all. You heard it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be like this crazy woman. You just got to get up and go. If Jesus leads you, go over there. 
Let you me know? tell you something. Talking to strangers will end up blessing you more than you can ever imagine. True. And, and, you know, you go to people, and I'm always, when we're together, Paula, but I'm always looking for uh, ways to approach people. Uh, we go to a restaurant, I'm going to go to the table and look and see what they're eating and mm-hmm. ask them, so what did you get? Is it good? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and I know every thing about the restaurant that, that I'm talking about. Yeah. So so I don't really care how it tasted to them. Uh-huh. But I'm looking, I'm fishing for an opportunity to talk to him about Jesus. Yeah, like that man at the gym yesterday. You went over there, he got all the muscles anybody could want. And what were you guys over there comparing your guns? Yeah, we were comparing huh? guns. He was a little <laughs> jealous. But other than that, but, but see, there, there's just never a time when you, where you can't go. And in fact, I'd suggest that you have to go. Because those are these little divine appointments that come up all the time. Now, you may be very uncomfortable. I'm not a people person like Paul is. She walks into the room and lights it up. I walk behind her in the room and darken it up again. <laughs> oh. but, but, but again, that's where if you're with Jesus, you're taking him with you. Yeah. And he's the supplier of your strength. And he's the supplier of your zeal. Yeah. So uh, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice, Practice hospitality. hospitality. Well, we don't. We can't go anymore because we're inside one minute. So I might have to come back tomorrow. What you saying? <laughs> you maybe I'd rather have you on anybody else. I, I think there was a gentleman who asked if I would come on more than once a week, and and let me just tell you this: I am in prayer about that, um, but I wanted to thank him personally for it was Greg the encouragement. Thank you, Greg, for the encouragement. Well, that's the end of the show today. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. But today we're in Plano, Texas, so pray for us, uh, for our conference. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be back on AM 630, the word, tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And who knows, maybe Paula will be with me. Uh, That's up to her. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4. And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.